0: Welcome to the weekly podcast from Faith Community Church in Janesville, Wisconsin. For more information about Faith Community, please visit our website at www.faithcommunitychurch.net or check us out on Facebook by searching Faith Community Church Janesville. You can also reach us by email at podcast at faithjanesville.org. You can be a part of this ministry and help advance the kingdom by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a five-star review. This helps us spread the Word of God in the podcast world, allowing us to better reach more people in the name of Christ.
1: Good morning. Pastor Jesse wanted me to emphasize the sign-up now part. You know, when you're organizing an event and you get close to the event and there's not many signed up, it's kind of get a little, you know, a little knot in your throat or whatever. And we tend to be a church that does things the last minute. We just do. And I'm guilty as you are, right? So we're trying to plan for this. If you think you might be wanting to go to this marriage seminar, it's, it's coming up, not this coming Saturday, but the Saturday after that, the 16th, please sign up. Please go on the website, please stop in the foyer, invest that time in your marriage. He is going to be here in person. This is not a stream, this is not a simulcast. So one of the top teachers on marriage and family in the country is going to be right here at our church, live. And then he'll be preaching Saturday night, preaching at 8.30, preaching at 10 o'clock as well. And if you come to the 10 o'clock service, you need to go to the seminar, you're going to say, I wish I would have gone to the seminar. So sign up. Is that good, Pastor Jesse? All right, I can move on. So good morning, those of you who are online, however you're tuning in, if you're a YouTuber or a Facebooker or on our website, we're grateful that you're tuning in and participating in our service today. I want to share with you our topic, look at our bookmark. Our bookmark says Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Pastor Jesse talked about baptism. Jesus identified with us in baptism, and today we're going to see he identifies with us in temptation going through this period in his life. When I was 16 years old, I bought my first car. It was a 69 Camaro. It was awesome. I peaked in car ownership at age 16, and it's been downhill. I think my next car was an AMC. And so one day, my buddy and I, we were heading to a dance at high school, and he dropped something, and we pulled over to look for it. And this road, it was dark. It was a cemetery, I remember that. And while we're looking, this car pulls up, it's black, and it's got its brights on. And I motioned it around, and it doesn't move. And so then I motioned it a second time, like go on, go on. I don't want your brights in my face. And he didn't go on. And my, my friend says, let's just go. And so we go. And I took a turn, and he, he took a turn. I took another turn. And he took. He followed me. I said, Is this guy following us? He goes, I don't, I don't know. Take a couple more turns. So we took a couple more turns. Like, there's no way he's following us. And so we were coming to this road in Rockford, where it's up high in a hill, and you look down over a five-point intersection. And you can see traffic coming from all five directions, on all five roads. And we knew there was no car coming. So he said, I want you to floor it and don't stop at the stop sign. We know there's no cars coming, so go through the stop sign, we're gonna lose this guy. And so you tell a a 16-year-old kid with a Camaro to floor it. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, let's do this, this is a great plan. And so we go through that stop sign, Thinking he's gone. And I watch him in rearview mirrors, he goes through the stop sign. And I was like, I'm scared. Normally, when you're a kid, you're too macho to tell your buddy you're scared. I just said, I'm scared. He goes, I'm scared too. I said, I don't know what this guy wants. You know, who is he? What does he want to do? And so I start making turns at high rates of speed. I took a turn. I remember looking, taking a turn and looking down my speedometer, and it said 40 miles an hour on this sharp curve. Squealing the tires, almost went up the other side of the road. I watched in my rearview mirror. His car squeals around the corner. You know, wow. same way. He is after us. He's on us. A little girl came to talk to me after last service, and mom says she wants, something she wants to say to you. I said she was going to show me a picture she made in Children's Church or something, and I looked down, I said, yes, honey. And she goes, you shouldn't be going that fast. (laughs) I was like, well, I I know, but I was really scared. I was really scared. And so we finally come to the point where my friend goes, I'm going to take over. And he starts telling me where to turn. And he says, turn down this alley. The alley was dark, and I'd never been there before, and I didn't know where it went. And I said, are you sure we should turn down this alley? It looks pretty scary. I said, what if it's a dead end and we'll be trapped? He said, I know these streets like the back of my hand. Trust me. Follow me. Turn down this alley. And so I did. I went down the alley. It was a long alley. And I'd start to slow down. He'd say, don't slow down. And so we just kept going. Thank God nobody was you know, walking on the sidewalks or something because we just went cruising down this long alley, made a couple more turns, and lost the guy pulled over and just tried to collect our wits, and you know, and like, what was that? Never found out who he was, <clears throat> never found out why he was chasing us. That remains a mystery, <clears throat> but when I think back on it, there was a defining moment <clears throat> when he said, go down this alley. Will I trust him or not? That was a defining moment. I wonder what would have happened if I would not listened to him right but I listened to him I listened. I trusted when he said I know what I'm doing trust me and there are defining moments in all of our lives sometimes when God asks us to go somewhere that looks pretty dark looks a little ominous it's unknown and it doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel right and he says trust me I think about in the Bible when the Israelites were leaving Egypt and they need to get out of there they need to get out of there fast Because the Egyptians are coming. They're unarmed. They're untrained. And the Egyptian army is powerful and strong. And they need to get out of there quickly. And where does God lead them? Right to the edge of the sea. Trust me. Or how about after that? When God says he's going to lead them in the promised land. And he's going to lead them with a pillar of cloud in the day and fire by night. And the cloud, instead of going towards the promised land, it turns away from the promised land and leads them into the desert. Are they going to trust God and follow into the desert? They had hoped to go to the promised land, but now God seems to have other plans. Jesus is launching his public ministry, he has been baptized and you'd think now maybe there'll be an angelic choir like at christmas announcing his arrival announcing the beginning of his ministry as messiah or maybe a big parade down the streets of the capital in jerusalem much pomp and circumstance and fanfare but that's not the case the bible says before jesus begins his public ministry that full of the holy spirit would left the jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness Wilderness is not a place you want to be. It's lonely. It's scary. In the wilderness, it's easy to get lost or feel like you're lost. In the wilderness, there's no food. There's no water. Scorpions and snakes. It's a scary place. It's a lonely place. But spiritually speaking, everybody in this room and everybody online has been to the wilderness and might be there right now. It's in the wilderness sometimes that God seems very distant, isn't it? It's in the wilderness that sometimes our prayers seem unanswered and we lack direction and we lack His presence, we feel. It says that for 40 days He was tempted by the devil. The word tempted there can also, we can plug in the word test. We understand this, that the Bible says that God doesn't tempt anyone, but God will allow you and I from time to time to be tested. And we're going to talk about why Jesus went through this experience. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, notice every time he's always trying to get him to doubt and question his identity. You know, Satan he keeps playing the same card because it always works, right? And we read the story in the garden. Did God really say? All of us have heard that inner voice of the tempter getting us to question the presence of God or the love of God or the leading of God or our identity in Christ. His tactics don't change. I'm going to take some more of it. This is honey. Got honey in it and it coats my throat so I don't start coughing and choking and spitting. And I'm doing this primarily for... Julie and Matt in the front row. (laughs) The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Use your power for your own benefit. Right? Don't trust in the provision of the father. Don't trust him to sustain you. Take matters into your own hand. Take a shortcut. Turn the stone to bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. The devil led him to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me. It happens in the fall, right? He becomes the prince of the power of the air, the God of this world with a small g. And I will give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it'll all be yours. Take a shortcut. You don't have to go through the the suffering of the cross. You don't have to go through any of that. Just simply worship me, and I'll give you those things now. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand at the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. Because if you throw yourself down from here, you're going to die. right? And we know you can't die. If you are truly the Son of God, he will save you right so really it's putting God to the test it's forcing God's hand for it is written he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully Oh, Satan knows Scripture Satan knows Scripture enough to twist it and that's exactly what he does here he leaves words out he takes it out of context I'm sure he's still doing it they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone and Jesus answered and said do not put the Lord your God to the test The devil had finished all this tempting. He left him until an opportune time. So we want to talk about the reasons why Jesus endured temptations. Why did Jesus endure temptation? And reason number one was to become our perfect example. We want to linger here for a while to become our perfect example. Passage I turn to a lot. You know I do. Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who is ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted or tested in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. He identifies in our baptism, and he also identifies in our wilderness experience. He identifies in our testing. He identifies in our trials and struggles. Therefore, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus has been there. Jesus understands. So here are some test results, right? Jesus goes through testing, temptation. Here are some test results. We learn number one, no one is exempt from temptation. If Jesus was tempted, you'll be tempted. Secondly, we know Jesus was without sin, so therefore, temptation is not sin. It's not sin. We know Jesus responded to temptation with God's Word. When we respond to temptation, we know the Word of God. We can quote the Word of God. Jesus quoted the Word of God, and he resisted the devil in the power of the Spirit. said he went by the Spirit into the wilderness. We cannot resist temptation in and of ourselves, of our flesh. We need the Spirit, and lastly, He trusted the Father for his deliverance. All those temptations, use your power for yourself, take a shortcut. He trusted God's sovereignty for the time to reveal him as Messiah. He trusted God for his provision, for his deliverance. And so that's the example that we're to follow. There is a passage in scripture that, at first, I didn't like it. We're studying the Psalms years ago. And we looked at imprecatory psalms, which were interesting, right? God crushes head, those kind of things. <laughs> and we saw some interesting psalms. And Psalms 88 stood out to me. Because usually in a psalm, even if it's kind of dark, it starts off dark and it's woe is me kind of thing. And then the psalmist will say, and I looked up my eyes, where comes my help? My help's from the Lord. So it starts off dark and it kind of has a good ending to it. Psalms 88 is dark. And then it gets darker and then it gets really really dark and then it flades to black (laughs) i mean that's how it ends it ends darker than it started and i used to think what a depressing scripture this is does this continue into chapter 89 here psalm 89 does it you know get upbeat and what is god trying to tell me about this guy seems really negative are we supposed to be negative? Are we supposed to be like spiritual eiers walking around, coming to church? Good morning. What's so good about it? Just another Sunday like the Sunday before. You know, what is God trying to teach me here? Because this guy really is depressing. This is a Debbie Downer. No, sorry, all you Debbies out there, <laughs> Debbie Downer. This is making me sad. I, I don't get. And as I read the book, I was like, wait a second. I'm seeing some things here that I didn't see. But let's read through. Don't are through a whole chapter, but we're going to read selective passages through it. He says, may my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. So it's a, he's a man of faith, right? And he is going to take his afflictions right to God. I have overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. Do those words sound familiar to you? Where did you hear somebody say, my soul is overwhelmed and I am troubled to the point of death? jesus said that in the garden right remember the sermon we talked about with our pain we must do what acknowledge the pain experience the pain and express the pain if we're going to grow if we're going to move on we can't be in denial we can't suppress it we can't medicate it we can't do other things like relationships and work and hobbies to drown it out we've got to pay attention to that pain is a friend You don't think of pain as a friend but it is it tells you something is wrong something needs your attention right that that idiot light in your dash in your car that's your friend it tells you something's wrong with your car right so the pain in our soul we've got to pay attention to that so jesus does that he's a master at that right and so this man as well he is talking to me he says i am overwhelmed with troubles My life draws near to death. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like one without strength. I have been fighting so long and so hard that I am ready to throw in the towel. I don't have any more to give. You've been there, right? You've had those days, those seasons in your life where you just feel like I can't try any more tears. I can't fight this thing anymore. I am down for the count. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You've overwhelmed me with all your waves. You know, sometimes life's troubles come at us like waves in the ocean, right? You know, you fight a wave, a big wave. Sometimes you go to the ocean and you, you kind of get out there in the waves a little bit, and it will wear you out. You get some waves that will knock you over, and you'll stand back up, especially on a windy day, and you go back out there, and eventually you get tired. And you said, your waves are coming at me like an ocean, and I am tired of fighting them. You have taken from me my closest friends, and it made them repulsive to me. This could be something like what happened to some of the prophets, like Jeremiah, where they would stand up for God, right? They would take a stance for God, and their friends, as a result of their stance, rejected them. You, maybe you've been there. Maybe God told you to do something, say something, and your friends rejected you. And so He's blaming God. I just I did what you told me to do, and now my friends have turned against me. Thanks a lot. I am confined and cannot escape. That's what the wilderness feels like. That's what the desert feels like. It feels like no matter which way I go, I'm lost. No matter which way I go, I can't get out, right? So why is this here? This passage is here so that you can identify with it. God is saying, look, this is part of the human experience. This is part of reality that you and I all go through those times when it seems like God doesn't hear our prayers, where it seems like we've just had enough, we've had more than our share, and we don't want any more. You know, somebody in the Bible who wrote in the Bible actually experiences the same thing that you do, right? Really, it gives us permission to be human, permission to have these feelings. It's in God's Word. It's okay to feel like this from time to time. He says, my eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord. Every day I spread my hands to you. But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning my prayer comes before you. Lord, why do you reject me and hide your face from me? He doesn't feel connected to God. That doesn't mean he's not connected to God. It means he doesn't feel connected to God. Circumstances seem to indicate to him that he's not connected to God. Why do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth, I have suffered and been close to death. This is my whole life. I've had a hard life. I have borne your tears and I'm in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your tears have destroyed me. All day long, they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me, right? It just gets darker and darker. And here's how it ends. You have taken from me my friend, taken from me friend and neighbor, darkness is my closest friend. The end. That's how it ends. It's like watching a really sad movie that never gets happy. And you turn off it and you're kind of depressed. Like, well, that was a bummer, right? Darkness is my closest friend is a sad statement. And I remember reading that going, wow, this is the first time I've read the Bible and been depressed. And then the spirit takes me back to the first verse again read that first verse again i read the first verse and it says lord you are the god who saves me day and night i cry out to you lord you are the god notice he's still crying out to god in the present tense he says you are the god who saves me in spite of what he's gone through in spite of what he's going through now, in spite of the fact that he doesn't see any relief for tomorrow, he is still calling on the name of God. And all of a sudden, this chapter that led me to such despair was giving me hope. It was saying, look at this guy. He's not trusting in his emotions. Otherwise, he would have given up. He's not trusting in his circumstances. Or he already gave up long ago. He is trusting his deliverance to God. Exactly what Jesus did. Exactly what he calls us to do. Not to let our circumstances or our emotions dictate to us our faith. But our faith is in the one who does not change. Our faith is in his word which is eternal. He still believes. Right? This is the example that Jesus set for us. He endured these hardships and temptations as an example for us to follow secondly Jesus endured hardships and temptations to become our perfect high priest the high priest is the liaison between God and man if you've ever gone to a pastor or priest and talked about you know your sins or your shortcomings you're talking to a person who's also a sinner you're talking to a person who's also flawed just like you but when we come to Christ We're coming to a high priest who is perfect, who's gone through everything you've gone through and understands that, but has never failed. Hebrews chapter 2 says, And free though, he came to free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For this reason, he had to be made like them, that's us, like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. And that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Did you know it says in that same book of Hebrews, chapter 7, that he ever lives to make intercession for the saints? That Jesus still is our high priest. Jesus prays for us, he intercedes for us to the Father. That high, well, how does he pray? Read John 17. Read the high priestly prayer. It's one of the most beautiful prayers you'd ever hear. And he prayed it for you. He prayed that prayer for you. I high priestly prayer in the Bible. He prays for you. You say, what do you mean? I, I'm literally talking about he's praying for you. So, pastor, you're losing it. No, he's praying for you. He says, pray not only for them, but for all those who will believe in me through their word. The future church, the church not yet born, that will receive the gospel through the teachings of the apostles that we have in the word of God perfect in every way thirdly he became he went through temptation and sin to become a perfect savior in the book of hebrews and i'm kind of keeping with that book chapter 5 verse 7 it says during the days of jesus's life he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death And i want you to know that is a pattern not an event when you read the gospels jesus always does what not does it certainly when he receives bad news like the death of his cousin john who he grew up with and was close to but all throughout the scripture he goes away doesn't he to spend time with the father we see jesus showing his emotions we see jesus coming to the grave of his best friend and weeping we see jesus in the garden calling his close friends to him and pouring out his soul we find jesus in the upper room sharing his heart with his followers right this was the pattern this was not an event it's how he lived his life he he acknowledged experienced and expressed the pain he was going through became our example to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. He submitted, he trusted the Father for deliverance. Son though he was, he learned obedience for what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And that's what he is he is the perfect Savior the source of our eternal salvation. I invite you to pray with me this morning. Father, as we prepare to receive communion today, we reflect upon your love. We reflect upon the sacrifice of our Lord who gave everything, all that he had for our redemption. And Lord, even on the cross, Jesus laid bare his soul Even on the cross, he cried out, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And when he felt separated from you, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he became for us the perfect example, the perfect high priest, the perfect Savior in the things that he endured and suffered. And so as oft as we do this, you command us, to remember his suffering. And so now, as we come to this time of remembrance, Lord, we honor you today. We give thanks today. We receive anew of the grace of God through our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here and you don't have the communion, it's in the back. Would you please at this time get that? If you're at home, would you go ahead and, and uh, get your communion ready to receive with us? We know there are several hundreds of you that are part of our church, that are at home. And we welcome you to be a part of this communion. If you're here today and you have the cup, just open it right now and just get it ready. It can be a little bit tricky sometimes, so let's open that. And we're going to have just a, a couple moments of quiet reflection and then we'll pray, and then we'll receive together. So just bow your head, close your eyes, just spend some time, you and God. Father, as we quiet our hearts in this moment, We think about what the cross would have meant to those who loved our Lord, to his mother and his siblings gathered around the cross, to the disciples and to his followers. What a dark day and what a dark moment this was. We think about in that crowd there were probably some who were blind whose eyes were opened. There were some who were possessed that were set free. There were some gathered around the cross who were lame and now could stand and walk. There were some who were deaf and now they could hear. And many, many who now knew you, who knew God through Jesus' teachings. And as they watched the one they loved suffer and die, their hearts were sad. They watched the eyes that had looked into their soul, now in agony as they watched the hands that had touched so many nailed to a cross, the feet that had gone so many miles to bring the good news now nailed to that same cross. The voice which had spoken your truth to so many now crying out in pain. And for them it was the end. It was dark. The future was dark. They couldn't see that in three days, everything would change. In three days, that lifeless corpse would rise as powerful, conquering, glorified, risen Savior. That the tomb, the stone would be rolled away, the tomb filled with light, and Jesus would come forth alive, conquering sin and death and the grave. Sometimes when we're in the darkness, we can't see the light. But Lord, you know it's there. And we know you're there. Even when things are hard, things are dark, emotions are down, circumstances are tough. Lord, above those clouds, the sun is shining. You are alive. And there are brighter days ahead. Lord, help us to hold on to the gospel in those difficult days. And help us to always remember the agony of the cross, but the triumph of the resurrection. And because we belong to you, we too are conquerors. And so in your name now we come to receive together of this bread and of this cup. Paul writes in Corinthians chapter 11 and says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's break the bread and receive together of his body. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's receive together of his blood. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Next week, I'm talking to the folks at home too. Read Luke chapter 4. He's about to launch his public ministry. He goes into his hometown, his home church, and they love him. He's famous. They're proud of him. And somewhere he begins to preach, and by the time he's through, they want to kill him. What does he say that makes them so mad that he goes from being somebody he loved to somebody they want to kill? I don't want to ever give that sermon. But he gave that sermon. So we're going to talk about that in next week as we gather together uh, as we continue through the life of Jesus. We've got a couple of important announcements to share with you. Um, next week is GPS. We're trying to strengthen our teams as people come back and so if you've not taken gps let's take that next sunday lunch is provided baptism is also next sunday there is a class today if you've not followed the lord's command to be water baptized at eleven thirty in the classroom directly across the hall pastor tim is going to lead a class on baptism and then next week invite you know there's been family members or close friends, or coworkers that you've been trying to get to church, and they can't come, if you get baptized, they kinda, and you invite them, they kind of have to. They kind of have to. You kind of got them. So, uh, you know, in fact, let's get everybody baptized again. If you've already been baptized, let's all, let's all do it just so we can invite people from work and, and family. I don't know if that's that legal, Pastor Gary, that might not be legal. Scratch that. But anyway... If you've not been baptized, we would like to baptize you next weekend during the 10 o'clock service. Also, Share the Warmth uh, is coming up. You know, the whole month of October, we're donating towards Share the Warmth. Coats for Kids is not happening this year because of COVID. But guess what? Winter's not going away. So what we're doing is we're stepping up with the Janesville Community Center, and we're partnering with them to provide coats for our community. I asked a lady in the first service who was a visitor, I said, how'd you like the service? She said, that was good till you start talking about winter. <laughs> I didn't like that part, but winter's coming, right? And, and uh, there are people who can't afford winter clothing. You know the organization that provides the most coats for our community? It's Faith Community Church. That's what they've told us. We fill the barrels more times than anybody else. And so I need you to step up. We thought we broke a record last year. We got to break another record this year because coats for Kids ain't there. Winter's coming. So if you did one coat last year, do two. If you did two coats last year, do three, okay? So mittens, scarves, gloves, boots, that sort of thing. Bring them to the church during Sunday or Saturday night or working hours and deposit them receptacles there. You can also go to the Janesville Athletic Club Mark, thank you for that. And you can deposit them at the club. You can go to the community center uh, over there on Lincoln and deposit it there. But we need new coats, gently used, you know, anything like that, snow pants, all fair game. Our fellow citizens uh, who can't afford to take care of those winter clothing needs need our help. So let's make sure that we come through as we always do okay i'm gonna have you to stand with us and uh we gotta we're gonna pray today and i'll tell you what for in a second here first of all i give thanks for your giving as well i know our our staff our pastors our missionaries our board appreciates the faithfulness of faith community church uh you know ministry costs money i wish we just could run on love, but it doesn't work that way, right? I'm looking around. We're, we're, this is the time of year we do our budgets, and I'm looking at the rust bucket van over here. And I'm like, we can't go another year with that thing. That's 25 grand. I'm looking at our parking lot. It's got some cracks. It needs to be sealed in the spring, resealed. Sit, you know, 25 grand. The sign over here, we are going to raise our sign. They had to re-engineer the base because it wasn't broad enough they're making it bigger, but it's 20 grand, right? State Lines Furnish just went, it was 10 grand. We're sending out two missionaries from our church Jenna Miller to Japan and Sally Thompson to Wycliffe to translate. We're going to have to support them, right? It's a good thing the missionaries are going out from our church, but we have to support them. So I mean, that's, that's what the faithfulness of your giving does. And so if you're online, you just hit the drop barrel and it'll they'll be giving there for general fund for phase 5 which we'll talk about later this month and um, if you're here you know all around the room you can give as well but thank you for your giving so we'll pray for our offering and secondly we're going to pray for Pastor Osvaldo. some of you know who Pastor Osvaldo is we have a congregation at uh, we have a 12:30 service that's in Spanish It's our church, okay? They're not paying rent here. They're not just domiciled here. They're our church. And Pastor Samuel has grown the congregation to about 200 people. He needs help. He needs it yesterday. So we talked to our trustees, and they hired Pastor Osvaldo. Pastor Osvaldo thought he was doing something good, going home, seeing his mama, and renewing his papers. And he got stuck in Paraguay. He has been there now for a month, and we can't get him out. So I've been trying to pull strings and all that. We've got Congressman Steele has written a letter on his behalf, which we appreciate. Um, Somebody I I got to meet in immigration when Paul was a congressman is on the case. She's called the embassy. They've responded back to us, so we know he's on the radar, but we need to get him here, okay? We need to get him here. So we're going to pray for Pastor Osvaldo Vera and his wife, Mary Bell, and their children who desperately want to get here and start their ministry at Faith Community Church. All right? So let's close our service in prayer. And after service, if you need anything, please come forward and we'll pray with you. Father, we just thank you today for encouraging us through your word that we will not put our hope and trust in our feelings, our emotions, our circumstances. But upon your word, especially in those wilderness times when we don't feel your spirit, we know you're still there. Thank you for the example of Jesus that we have to hold on to. We pray for Osvaldo and Mirabel in Paraguay. And Lord, they desperately want to come here and begin their ministry and helping Pastor Samuel and the congregation. And, Lord, we're praying for those papers to be expedited and that, Lord, he would be released and be able to come back to America and resume his ministry here, Lord God. We pray this in Jesus' name. And during this this wilderness experience, during this desert time, uh, they're grieving uh, and they're desiring to come home. Lord, let this message minister to them. Let them sense your spirit is there and that you are sovereign, you're in control. And God, we just trust you for that deliverance. And now, for the offering that we're about to receive here and online, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you've blessed us with the ability to, to work, to think, to use our bodies. And now we bring and return the first fruits to you and sow them into the work that you're doing here in our church. Bless this offering, gift and giver, in Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you next weekend. God bless you.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Faith Community Church Podcast. We are glad that you joined us and hope that you were blessed by the message. If you would like to join us in the ministry of sharing the Word of God, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review. This helps us build the analytics of the channel, allowing us to better reach people in the name of Christ. Go be the light in your family, your community, and your church. God bless you.